turn our attention to cybersecurity. That's a good sector, right? What do you need to know and what to determine for the stocks? What should you buy and sell in this space for your long-term portfolio? Alex Hammerstone's with us, GRC practice lead at Trusted Sec to get his take. Thanks for joining us on the show. Let's talk about cybersecurity, dominated by some of these large players that we know, but there's not just the large players, there's more opportunities within the sector. Tell us a little bit about it. So this is one of those uh, industries where there are all types of different uh, specialties. And so we've been used to seeing a lot of these large players that really try to cover everything. But in this space, we're seeing kind of more and more uh, companies that are focusing on one niche. And while a lot of those are getting acquired by the larger companies, some of them do quite well on their own. So tell me about SolarWinds, right, and how this all fall, goes into place. Because SolarWinds cybersecurity attack brought a lot of attention to the supply chain and, and what happens in cybersecurity. So when we look at what we could invest in, and I know there are so many choices. I know there's ETFs. How should we go about this? So as far as investment advice, I'm not always the best person for that, but as far as what companies you know, are doing the right things, there's certainly a number of them. And I think with SolarWinds, what we saw are a number of things. So first off, you know, it's certainly the fallout's not over yet. Uh, a lot of the news cycle has kind of moved on from it, but in the industry, we're still seeing the effects of this and finding out really the depth and how much it affected. But what's happening now is that a lot of companies have always done their due diligence when they select a vendor. And a lot of the due diligence in place would not have caught these issues and they did not catch these issues. So we're seeing a huge focus now on the overall supply chain. So when you're using a vendor, you know, are they going to keep your data secure? Are they going to be able to provide the services that they say they can provide securely? And a lot of people just didn't see this coming. And so it really opens up a new opportunity, I think, for a lot of you know, companies to be able to help assess these organizations and really understand the impact that they're having on each of, of these companies' data. Mm. Any uh, mergers and acquisitions in the group that you could think of that might be maybe a takeover target or anything like that? So that's tough on specifics, but I would think, you know, keep your eye on really, um, you know, any company that has that technology or that client list that a larger company wants to acquire. You know, we've certainly constantly seen this, uh, especially some of the big players. You know, they don't necessarily develop a, a new technology in a certain space. They'll go out and look for somebody that's already doing it, already has that technology. And they may be looking for the technology itself or the employees that they have or that customer list. I think it's also interesting, you know, this is a hot topic that you're covering as people are working from home or working somewhere else other than their office. They're using all kinds of laptops and technology. And the question is how much cybersecurity do they really have? And and it's a lot of personal information, whether it's banking or telehealth or AI. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? So the move to home has really you know, changed things a lot, you know, not just in terms of office spaces, but it used to be you had really good control over who was in your office or who was in your building. And now everyone's on their home network. And a lot of these are managed by the employee. You know, these companies aren't necessarily sending their network uh, staff out to harden these networks at home. And so for a lot of people, you know, they have their Xbox or, you know, other insecure things or whatever else it might be on that same network. And it's being used for the refrigerator or, or what have you things that you would never want to put on a corporate network. And so it's really uh, changed the way a lot of people are thinking. You know, people weren't able to, to really have a strategy to get people to work from home. A lot of these larger companies, as they work towards a remote workforce, you know, be able to be very um, intentional about it. 
But all of a sudden, everyone's kind of thrown into the fire. And so we've certainly seen a lot of risks to that uh, and a lot of issues there. Hmm. Tell me about the 5G rollout, which has already started, and cybersecurity. Where do the two connect? So I think the biggest thing with 5G, I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there, but all of that aside, it really creates you know, what we call the attack surface. Because before, let's just say you had a connected car or you had telehealth out in the middle of nowhere or whatever else it was, there just wasn't the bandwidth for it. You know, it didn't matter if you had a connected car, if there was nothing for it to connect to, if it wasn't able to get all the data. So 5G is really opening up the whole world to have all these different connected devices. You know, all the things that, you know, we never thought would be able to be or would need to be even connected to the internet, all of a sudden everything's connected. It's gonna be able to be connected no matter where it is. And that just creates a, a much larger attack surface, especially as people are rolling out products with connectivity and they're focused much more on the functionality of that rather than the security. Right, quick thought on cloud. So that's just been continuing, uh, you know, for anyone, if you think about it, you really, if, if you can uh, offload that expense and allow that infrastructure to somebody else, let somebody else manage a lot of it. Uh, you know, I always joke cloud is really a nebulous term, uh, but it really does cover a lot of things. It can be, you know, having your infrastructure handled by somebody else, having software hosted somewhere else, or just storage, you know, the way a lot of people think about it. And we've really seen a continued move towards that subscription model. Uh, you know, be able to have that recurring revenue is something that a lot of companies want, and they you be able to get it a lot through their maintenance contracts and things like that. All right, Alex. But now, rather than buying something, thank you so much. Yeah, I gotta go here, Alex. That's great stuff. I appreciate it very much. You hit a lot of good points, Alex Hammerstone, GRC Practice Lead at Trusted Sec. Thank you so much.